Welcome to Quaker Faith and Podcast, where we will explore traditional Quaker beliefs and the variety of Quaker beliefs found today. Hi, it's Quaker Faith and Podcast with Mackenzie and Micah, and uh, today we're talking about elders and, or eldering and oversight, so, or elders and overseers. Um, And I think first we're going to talk about what these things mean, and then we'll talk about a little bit of controversy. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think I think when we discuss what these things mean, uh, the reality is is that within the Quaker tradition, they mean all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then if you if you were to take it beyond that, if you were to go to like Christians, because of course, elder and overseer, these are referring to these are referring to, to roles mentioned in the New Testament. Um, right. And every Christian tradition defines these things different ways. Mm-hmm. So just let's we'll just bear that in mind that like. Really, these are like these are words that like all Christians, all Christian traditions have used at some point, and they mean totally different things depending on where you're at. So yeah. we're, we're probably going to focus more than anything. This on the, chapter has the longest list of reading of readings I have seen in the entire book. Just so we're clear, it doesn't surprise me because uh, Ohio Union takes their their understanding of eldering very 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 seriously, um, and so I, I think just we'll put a caveat here that. We are probably in this episode going to be mostly reflecting on Ohio yearly meetings interpretation of eldership and oversight, um, but just be aware that this is a particular Ohio yearly meeting view uh, that we're probably going to be focusing on, and that it kind of means something different everywhere. Yeah. Um, so the okay. So it says in here that um, eldering involves encouraging another person or a whole group to faithfulness, that is putting faith into practice. Um, It helps with discernment, motivation, caution, and feedback, and provides recognition and development of others' gifts and supports a spiritual climate in which ministry and personal spiritual growth can flourish. Um, The way I'm used to hearing it, um, summarized is that elders nurture ministers. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> so uh, we've talked before about there be, being people who are called to ministry, but um, and how we talked about how with traveling ministers, they'd often go in pairs mm-hmm. and it was not exactly mentorship. Um, but well, I don't have a whole lot of experience with Ohio yearly meetings. So what I personally noticed previously is that if you look at Ohio yearly meetings, book of discipline, their description of an elder is like almost exactly the same as Baltimore yearly meetings description of the ministry and worship committee. Interesting. Um, and then similarly, Ohio yearly meetings description of an over of the overseers is almost exactly the same as Baltimore's description of the pastoral care committee. So as far as I can tell, us BYM folks renamed it at some point. And, I mean, probably, yes, that's true. And mm-hmm. also, critically, Baltimore Yearly Meeting has made it a committee assignment mm-hmm. rather than a recognized role for an individual where, where an individual becomes a member of that group, if that makes sense. So, yes, so, although I'm not sure how different that is in practice because I know that there are terms like term lengths mm-hmm. for the for the elders and overseers in Ohio yearly meeting as well. 
It says when the book is displayed. Really? Yeah, it does. I never heard that. I mean, I I, I got I guess I sort of figured maybe with the overseers, but I didn't realize that with elders. I I think so. Really? We'll have to look that up. But but <laughs> I would I would say I would say in my in my anecdotal experience for hireling meeting, elders are sort of elders because they're elders, and um, which does not mean that they're old. Right. Although in practice it does in Ohio Yearly Meeting. Well, that's because everybody in Ohio Yearly Meeting is old. Pretty much. Um, yeah. I know, like, two people without gray hair in that Yearly Meeting. Yeah. Anyway. That's a sad story. Told many times before. <laughs> anyway. So, um, um, yeah. Spiritual yeah. maturity, though, as opposed to chronological maturity, would be the, yeah. the thing that you're talking about yeah, with yeah. elders. And I, 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 think, I think that... Um, I think that I think that we may have talked about this in previous episodes some, but um, you know, higher yearly meeting, there's sort of there's sort of essentially three spiritual offices recognized: ministers, elders, and overseers. And this this conforms to like different words that we use in the Bible. I mean, if, which if you, are like which are also translated as things like bishop, priest, and deacon. Deacon. Yeah. So, um, minister. Uh, if, if you've heard of deacons. Deacon comes from diakonos, from the Greek, which means servant. Um, and so, like, diakonos means minister. So if someone, says, if someone uses the word deacon, it actually means minister or servant, right? Um, then there's uh, presbyter, uh, which is elder, and that's, inter- that's translated as priest uh, in the liturgical traditions. And then there's, uh, then there's the bishop, and I'm forgetting what the actual Greek term is, um, but very similar. Um, and there's bishop, which is translated by by many groups, including Quakers, as overseer, right? And so it's funny because in the liturgical traditions, these are in a hierarchy, with the deacon being the lowest on the totem pole, a presbyter being the in the middle, uh, and then the overseer, or the bishop, being at the top of the hierarchy. Whereas in a lot of other traditions, especially Quakers, um, they are um, theoretically equal. Although among Quakers, I would say that. Um, depending on the time period, either ministers or elders were at the top of the totem pole, mm-hmm. depending. Uh, for a long stretch, elders were at the top of the totem pole. Uh, I think later, especially among pastoral friends, uh, ministers were at the top of the totem pole. But either elders or, or ministers are at the top of the totem pole with the other sort of just right after them. And then overseers are sort of almost an oversight. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we need someone to do, like, practical stuff. So, like, I guess we should have <laughs> some overseers. But it's funny, right? Because, like, overseer, they're the bishops, like the bishops in the bishops in Quakerism are at the bottom of the totem pole everywhere, uh, whereas in the liturgical traditions, the overseers, the bishops, are at the top. So it's kind of funny. Which are they underseers then? Underseers. <laughs> well, no, and, and well, the really the funny thing is that like a lot of people listening may totally disagree with me on this. Be like, oh no, overseers are totally equal, blah blah. blah. And like maybe they are, right? But like officially, officially, overseers are, are equal. Um, are like sort of equal leaders, uh, but it's been my experience that like the glory uh, tends to go to ministers or elders rather, than, and overseers like are are not seen as being as spiritual. Um, okay, so um, also a way that the word elder is used among liberal friends, and I have the impression not so much elsewhere is sometimes we use it to mean scold. Oh, that's everywhere. Is it? That's everywhere. Okay. Like saying you're eldering somebody. Right. And so there's a bit in here that's talking about eldering, but like, but the extent to which we use it as scold can be like not even about spiritual things, Mm. which that seems 
weird. Mm-hmm. Um, an example, so, like, in the book, something that they give for an example is, um, like, they say some, some people are uneasy with the idea that friends can help each other distinguish between acts that are spiritually right and those that are wrong. Um, and it says that eldering is often specific and personal. Ministry given in meeting for worship might offer a general caution about being tempted to greed or pride. Eldering would more typically involve saying to someone privately, so not calling people out, public shaming, etc., but, like, going as a friend to somebody, um, hopefully as a friend to somebody, lovingly, etc., um, and say something like, I think your new job sounds wonderful, but with that big salary, are you going to be able to maintain your simple lifestyle? Um, which is an interesting one for them to give as an example, but whatever. Um, That's weird because I would have gone with it like, that job sounds great, but because it's going to require you to work 60 hours a week, how are you going to, like, be present to God? Right. Well, although these could, be two, these could be two different, these could be two different concerns depending on what the new job is, right? Sure. Um, the, the, how, but I think that's an interesting question for them to give us what, what an example would be because that, there is that, uh, hedonic adaptation, right? Where uh-huh. once you have the ability to, um, have more people, like, people's spending tends to fit the size of the box available. Mm-hmm. Um, or it, it expands to fit it. It might overflow it. Um, but keeping to a, you know, keep, keeping your lifestyle the same when your income has increased is difficult. And so Especially it's, an, it's a good caution to give. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. But um, we are saying before about, so I said before that the nurturing a minister um, they also have an example in here of saying that an elder could say to a minister, what you said today had the ring of truth. I am thankful for God's work within you, which is a lot more wordy than the version that I've uh, heard is, is common, which is um, thank you for your faithfulness or thank mm-hmm. thee for thy faithfulness. Uh-huh. Um, or in the world tradition, uh, I think a lot more we say thank you for your message. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it's 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 good it's good to get it's good to get affirmation on vocal ministry because mm-hmm. it's not always you you don't always feel certain like to what extent you were faithful and it's good to know that like it resonated with other people whose whose discernment you respect right and and that um it or like even separate from and because we all should sort of uh, encourage each other anyway, right? Um, whether something is your particular specific gift or just a thing that you incidentally have from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like, you know, strengths and weaknesses, even if something's your weakness, you can still do it some. Sure. Um, if a message speaks to you telling somebody like that really helped me, mm-hmm. um, even if, you know, like, like we said, was it this episode or the last episode, I've lost track now that, you might be in meetings for the first time and that was the last episode have something, um, that really speaks to you. And, you know, the person who spoke might not have been sure that it was going to land with anyone. And mm-hmm. so having somebody say like, you did good mm-hmm. that, that hit for me. So, um, what do you think about, what do you think about, having these, having these three, you know, the, uh, there are three, but I guess we're talking about two of them, the elders. Well, we elders. talked about ministers a few times. Sure, sure, before. sure. Um, but with elders and overseers, um, what's, 
what's the purpose of naming these roles? And have we really talked about what overseers do? No, we haven't gotten there yet. Maybe, um, maybe we should talk about but, that. But, well, so, so although related to what you just said, um, here's a little quote. Um, we may want to turn our understanding that anyone can be used in vocal ministry or eldering into an assertion that everyone will be equally used. However, we do not have much trouble recognizing, encouraging, and appreciating individual gifts in music, sports, healing, etc. You know, we easily say she's a gifted musician or he's a true athlete. Um, so the meeting and its individual members should also be alert to signs of consistently operating spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something where that's definitely a tendency to to try to sort of ignore that somebody has a particular gift because then, well, that would be unequal. But, you know, we, we have strengths and weaknesses and our, they balance each other out. And actually, you know, I will go for a second here. Um, in First Corinthians, when it talks about um, the, being the body and you know, the um, you have ears and nose and, and eyes and, you know, the ear isn't useless because it doesn't see. It's it hears. That's its job. That's its thing that it does, and right. everything. You know, if if somebody if if your pancreas decides that it's just it's going to go it alone and not be part of you, well, then you're going to need to get insulin some other way. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely there have definitely been people I've been in community with where they aggravate me, and I have to remind myself, you know what? They are functioning in their gifts, and if they weren't here, we would miss something. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Oversight is, um, I said before that oversight is called pastoral care in Baltimore yearly meeting. Um, and so that is. Why don't you always call them pastors? <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, no, that, that's not, that's, that was a silly question. But, um, but in Friends of Jesus, we, as you mentioned, I think, uh, in an earlier episode, I one? don't know. Look, we've recorded. This is the fifth thing we've recorded today, so we've kind of lost track. I think that was this one. Though. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, um, as, as you've mentioned before, um, in Friends of Jesus, we're we're focusing on the apest uh, roles: mm-hmm. apostle, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pa- shepherd, shepherd, pastor, teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the word shepherd is pretty good um, because it sort of it sort of gives that sense of like you're caring for a group of people. Right. And and nowadays, because pastor has the implication of the usually man who stands up front and talks mm-hmm. um, saying shepherd clarifies that we don't mean that. Right. Um, so, so in the book, it says that the gift of oversight involves awareness of and care for the physical context in which God's work takes place. This includes following through on the meeting's interest in the basic physical well-being of its members Assuring that all members have sufficient food, a place to live, and medical care. Um, which that's... So this sounds a lot like what many churches call deacons. Okay. Which is funny because this is a lot of with bishop, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the, now interesting to me is that they also add the duties of hospitality and building committees can also be seen as oversight. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's definitely something that's separated out in the meetings I've been part of. And I mean, the meetings I've been part of have all been very large meetings with like 10 or more committees, which is too many committees, guys. But so basically over, overseers slash shepherds slash deacons. Um, but whatever, this, this group, like it seems like every church recognizes this type of activity. It's basically all the practical stuff. It's like the ministers do the talking, the elders do the advising, and like the, the making sure things don't go off the rails spiritually. And the 
the shepherds slash overseers slash whatever do like everything else basically like everything practical is sort of their job yeah well actually so so i'm actually finding interesting the um so something that is a little different between how they divide it up and how um it is at my meeting is that for us pastoral care includes both the spiritual and physical needs of of members Mm -hmm. Um, like pastoral care committee is who, um, does like marriage clearness, Mm -hmm. um, or, or clearness committees for other decisions. Um, whereas ministry and worship committee focuses more on what is happening during the hour together on Sunday, um, focus and, and focuses on things like our spiritual formation program. Um, and, and, uh, I think. I'm not sure if we have, like I said, too many committees. I'm not sure if it's ministry and worship or adult religious ed that handles the Quaker 101 newcomer class, but that whatever. Makes sense. I, I think that Ohio Yearly Meeting in particular has, has as as we as as we mentioned, Ohio Yearly Meeting has a tendency to divide things pretty strictly into spiritual and not spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I think we heard in the terminology they were using here for overseers that like overseers handle the non-spiritual stuff, the physical context. Right. So I mean, maybe that's a mistake. Um, but that I think that is the way that Ohio the meeting tends to conceive of things. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess and I, I think I think maybe that yeah, I, I think the way that we have in BYM having pastoral care include both spiritual and physical stuff makes more sense because they impact each other. Yeah, tall is good. Um, right, and and like um, you know, Micah and and I have talked before about a friend of ours who as a result of unmet physical needs was then having spiritual problems mm-hmm. and addressing those together was very important. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think, uh, I think that if, like, if you're talking about shepherding, shepherding does involve both the physical and the, and the spiritual and the psychological pastoral care. I'm not actually sure where... So, I think it's interesting that there's one spot in the Bible that's like, there are these three roles, and then there's this other spot that's like, there are these five roles. <laughs> well, the, the, I mean, just like, frankly, just like the early Quaker writings and preaching, the Bible is not is not a systematic theology. Well, right, yeah. I mean, yes, the Bible is a whole bunch of separate... The Bible is not one book. It's a library. But, e- but even within the library, it's not a systematic theology. Right. So, I mean, we... we and this is, a, I think this is a strength of the Quaker tradition... Um, is that uh, flexibility? We don't. I mean, and yeah, ultimately, this sort of a, ra- uh, a radical Protestant ethic actually uh, is we we want to get back to the messy, vibrant, uh, complex reality of, of the scriptures, rather than just sort of contenting ourselves with one systematic theology that that, some, that, a, few, that a few people came up with a long time ago. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Rather than trying to like systematize it all, we're like, well, what do the scriptures actually say? And like, there are tensions here, and we need to live. With, we need to live in these tensions rather than resolving them through through like adherence to a single systematic theology. You know, I don't think I actually encounter people saying living in tension when I look at stuff written by non Quakers. Now that you mention it, hmm. like I don't, I, I, like when I when I read stuff from, like, okay. It's gonna sound funny. I read some stuff that comes from evangelicals, mostly with like 
pinching my nose about the theology, um, just because um, they tend to be pretty good at practical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when there is theology in there that I'm kind of trying to like uh, past, I realize that yeah, it's it's very like things need to be very cut and dry. Mm-hmm. You can't have ambiguity and you can't have a tension between two things, which is interesting because like on the other hand I saw a chart recently that was talk- like showing like talking about like the tensions on various vices and virtues and and saying like um pride is is a vice right but so is self-degradation and humility is somewhere in between yes yeah. yeah so I think I think uh to sort of bring it back to to the overseers I think well, maybe not overseers, but just shepherding. Because I think overseers may be for higher than means very specifically like physical needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but for shepherds, I think uh, I think a role of shepherds and teachers is helping is helping us get to the point in our spiritual maturity where we can handle the tension. Um, so I'm I'm a very I'm a very new software developer. I've I've been I've been working in software development for a little over a year now, and um, I work my supervisor is much a much more experienced software developer. Um, and for him, when he looks at a, when he looks at a question, he sees tension, and he says, "Well, there's one way I could do this, and here are the advantages and disadvantages. There's another, mm-hmm. and there, it has advantages and disadvantages too. And there are like three different ways we could do this. They're all very reasonable. It just depends on what we're going for. What are the trade-offs that right. we accept? But for me, I really need him to tell me what what he just what he thinks is the best. Which one do I do? Exactly, <laughs> because I'm not I'm not mature enough." as a developer right now to make those calls, he is. So like, I, I think there's some application of this to faith where Quakerism can be, Quakerism can be a, a sort of a, a, can be a confusing and unhelpful place when you're coming in as a spiritual beginner because there's a reticence to give you clear answers. And so I actually think that's a real strength of, of some traditions, they're able to offer clear and succinct answers to, to, to complex questions because spiritual children, spiritual babes and infants need milk, not meat, right? That's, that's how, sort of how Paul puts it. Um, you know, spiritually immature people, uh, spiritually young people need uh, food that they can handle, right? And when they're older and more mature, they can handle more, more difficult food. Um, and so... In the same way, like I think it's a strength to be able to offer simple, simple answers to complex questions. The question is, can can you answer those simple? Can you answer the complex questions in simple ways and straightforward ways when when that's the answer that people are ready for? But then also create a culture and an environment where we are ready to hold tension when we've learned the basics. And frankly, I think that's a, a serious problem with a lot, or possibly all. <laughs> like I mean, close to all churches and. Um, handling like spiritual maturation, like it, you know the answers. Like we've talked before about about um, you know me having been an atheist at one point, right? Mm-hmm. And and not having like the whole like old guy on a cloud with the beard thing, like and that's you know God as old man on a cloud is your very simple description that you give to small children. That once you start growing and maturing, like maybe that still works for you, but maybe it doesn't. And if you don't start providing other options at like early enough, that can be a serious, serious problem for people staying in faith. Like it, it, if you have only been given 
your one very simple answer and not and shielded from all complexity. And then you find that there's complexity there and you've been told what complexity, there's no complexity conform to the simple thing. Right. Then, you know, you're going to see that these don't match and walk away. And I think that's why it's so common for teenagers to leave the church Mm -hmm. and also seminarians. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So I think like for, and we're veering a little bit off from like specifically, specifically Ohio, you're the main view, but I don't really care because I think their view is a little bit just, I love Ohio, the mean, you know, I do. You've heard me say all sorts of wonderful things about them, but I think their view here is a little bit warped. Um, but so to talk about shep- not just oversight as Ohio being conceived of it as like a physical thing, but of shepherding as like a holistic care for the individual, which includes spiritual nurture. Um, I think that a really a, an important role of the shepherds is to help create the shepherds and the teachers is to help create an environment where um, there are succinct, succinct, simple and clear answers available, but there's also room and a culture of holding tension and of accepting ambiguity and exploring things and, and developing discernment. Um, I think something that's um, just just as far as Ohio's view goes, something that's nice is that in this book on page 155, there is a chart where they like explain where they've like got a column for ministry, a column for eldering, and a column for oversight. And they're like, it's comparison um, for typical differences between ministry, eldering, and oversight. And all the boxes except one is filled in. And that's on the line that says vocal messages in worship. Ministry has broad or extensive. Eldering has succinct. And oversight is just blank. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure. And actually, like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that's right. I'm not sure that's right. Uh, in that, like, I, I, when I think about that, I think about... I think about... Um, the overseers in Ohio in the meeting, the, the overseer, whether they were formally overseers or not, but they, they played the role of overseer. When I think about the vocal, and they do tend to give much less vocal ministry, like, but when I think about the vocal ministry they do give, I'm not sure it falls in. Like, so I'm thinking of one person in particular, like her vocal ministry, when she did give it, it was very, it was firing and prophetic. Mm-hmm. And like, it was succinct and firing and prophetic. So it's actually a mix of, of what they're saying the ministry gives me. And then, uh, and the uh, eldership gift is, which well, is, is, is like, like I said, just because you have a strength doesn't yeah. mean that the weaknesses are completely absent. Right. Like. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's what what's your pie chart look like? Yeah, shepherds can definitely give vocal ministry, and actually, I really do think that like, if I had to characterize like the vocal ministry or like the the the, the, the vocal ministry of shepherds, I would say it probably takes two modes. One is comfort, mm-hmm. and the other is. Uh, prophetic defense of the of the community's integrity. Mm. Okay. Uh, also, what you were saying before about like the sort of uh, hierarchy that officially does not exist but totally exists. Um, it's in the book they say that the three offices draw on different gifts or types of authority, and so it says ministry involves prophetic authority. Eldering is based on authority of discernment. Oversight involves pastoral care. Oh, I noticed they didn't get the word authority. <laughs> Also, that, again, like, I, I hate to be picking on higher than me because y'all know I love you, but um, I think that's wrong. Uh, how, how could, how, how can you be prophetic without discernment? Like, discernment is at the heart of prophecy. You can't be, you, you're, if, you're, if you are not discerning and you're a prophet, you're a false prophet because you're saying things that are not discerned from God. 
Like you can, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't have prophetic ministry without without discernment. So I don't, I don't get how you make a distinction between the prophetic ministry of the minister and the discernment of the elder. Yeah, that's I, I suppose I suppose that's that's fair. There's also that like in the chart, you know, they're showing like ministry that's prophetic and public in general, whereas mm-hmm. eldering is discerning in private, and mm-hmm. so like you can say like I guess like you could say like somebody could notice that there is a problem that exists within the community without necessarily knowing like who the locus or like like without being able to say like who specifically needs to um do something different to be like the the keystone on change keystone's wrong word but uh-huh. like like whose actions would change this situation when everybody else is sitting there going, somebody else's problem, right? As opposed to like the elder, because they're more the personal that they would figure out. Okay, I think in order to change the status quo, that this person is the one who would have the influence mm-hmm. over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just a, a thought about how that could work. I think, I think this whole conversation is just a reminder of like how. Messy people are. Yes, how, exactly. <laughs> how messy people are, but also just how any system, any system of sort of dividing up, like of categorizing spiritual gifts or anything like that, or roles. Um, I think we need these things, but I think we need to be really, really careful about remembering that, that they are. That we have a pie chart. Yeah, and just remembering that, like these are these are models, not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and like with this, the Friends of Jesus groupings that we have, like. Um, one of our friends asked me to join and named one gift for me. And then Micah, you asked me to join and you named a different one. And then I went, um, hang on guys. So finally I just sent an IM to like one of, one of my best friends who is, you know, also, a um, a like, well, who I met at a friends of Jesus thing and was like, all right, tiebreaker, which one? <laughs> Turns out I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but then, you know, I said that there have been a few times where clearly the shepherd thing popped up for me um, to help a couple of our friends. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, these models, and, and this, this, this is just a concern that I had, that I had and have had as a part of a higher than meeting. Just like, I feel like, the, the sort of the threefold model of administrator elder and overseer, I mean five that we that we're attempt, that we're experimenting with in Friends of Jesus can sometimes feel limiting, um, but three uh, is really limiting. So like everyone falls into one of three boxes. It's like wow, that's really it's really tight. Right. Well, and and there's a lot of people who aren't in any of those three roles officially mm-hmm. in any meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know I guess you could say that's that eventually, you know, they will grow into one of those roles or something, maybe. Um, although, from the chart, I was thinking, because of the part about, um, like, like looking at the chart where they're saying, uh, so the idea of broad and extensive vocal messages for ministers, I'm like, okay, so basically we don't have those in the liberal branch. <laughs> we just don't have ministers. We have, we have elders and overseers, and we lost all of our ministers. Got it. <laughs> because um, some, some people in Ohio <laughs> might agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible um but the over because like but practicality i think is a lot of what a lot of us are focused like like we, we're busy with um 
how can we help people? How can we, you know, work things better? Like a lot, if you looked at our, our committees, like I was saying that building, they said building and, and hospitality committees are as far as they're concerned oversight. Well, we definitely break those out in separate committees. So like, I don't know, something like maybe half of the committee, half or two thirds of the committees at my meeting are ones that they would say are all oversight. Mm -hmm. Um, but and yeah, I think I think you are correct that if if you know how we were saying in a previous episode about the no alcohol in Ohio yearly meeting thing, if it was not completely unethical to to spike someone's drink, I think that and, and therefore you could get them to speak freely because uh, in in wine truth, um, then yeah, they might say that we don't have any ministers over in the liberal branch. I don't. I, I don't think we wouldn't even get drunk to get them to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm thinking about who. Oh, there's a specific person that I could definitely see see saying so we're saying insulting things about liberal friends. Now, now, yeah. reputation of others. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't say names, but uh, yeah, I could. I could think of somebody. Um. <laughs> And I realized while editing this that during the intro, I totally said there was going to be something about controversy, and then we completely forgot to mention it while we recorded. Um, just the controversy thing was that um, the reason a lot of uh, meetings have gotten away from the term overseer is because in the United States, um, under the system of chattel slavery, the person who... Uh, was the enforcer basically on plantations was called the overseer and so there is a lot of concern um, for sensitivity and speech to not use a term that has such a uh, you know tight coupling to slavery in the U.S. Um, as one of our churchy words so that that also uh yeah, that's that's probably why, or I, I should say that has been cited as a reason why uh, to not use that term and to instead prefer like pastoral care committee. You can find us on the web at quakerpodcast.org as Quaker Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and on iTunes.